Yeah, one of the things I, I really enjoyed about, you know, uh, you know, to, to take divorce, it is a very devastating situation, right? To have some, a marriage that was there for 26 years and and all of a sudden dissipate into nothing, right? All of a sudden I get, mm-hmm. you know, responses from my mom and my dad and, and you know, you get like, you know, back and forth. Now, ever since then, they've been able to kind of, you know, uh, live, you know, okay, right, together in, in respect to obviously some of the holiday season and stuff. But one of the things that, that I've learned is, you know, I, I saw my mom struggling. She went on government government subsidies, and she lost mm-hmm. the house. She went bankrupt. Uh, she was working two jobs. She was subbing during the day, and she had, you know, working at Walmart at night. And one of the things that I, I learned the most from her during that time was just, I mean, just tenacity at a very high level. She had to go on government subsidies, but what was so beautiful is that, you know, a few years later, she was able to work and work and work and get off that government subsidies. And I remember mm-hmm. when she she got the little letter that said, "You're no longer on government subsidies." She she burnt that sucker. She was just burning wow. it. And we actually had a whole ceremony because she was so excited because <laughs> wow. she was able to alleviate. And I just remember that because what that taught me, if you know anything about like my, my political beliefs, that's one of the reasons why I believe the way I believe is because mm-hmm. my mom taught me that. My guest this week is Kristen Evans. Kristen is a success coach. He is also the host of Journey with Kristen D. Evans podcast. He helps business owners increase cash flow and revenue by building and implementing marketing and sales systems, increasing their revenue. Kristen has had quite a journey. As a kid, divorce had a significant impact on his life. He spent over eight years finding his way preparing his life after being charged with six felonies and having to overcome porn addiction. We will talk about what inspired him to change his life and how he fixed his life. Kristen says his mission is to raise the next generation of leaders who are making character-based decisions and integrity-based decisions. He wants to help aspiring entrepreneurs get started and show them how not to get overwhelmed. Yeah, I need to know more about how that, how not to get more overwhelmed or how to get over, not get overwhelmed. He's helped hundreds of couples and families develop a side hustle that gets results, coaching them along the way to become more profitable. Thank you for joining me. Awesome, man. Well, I really, uh, really appreciate that, bud. I'm really excited to be sitting down with you and, uh, you know, kind of uh, getting involved with all the shenanigans. So excited, yeah. bud. Yeah, shenanigans is, is, is the key word. <laughs> yeah, I like that word. Um, so how do you support businesses? Yeah, one of the biggest things right now is obviously with COVID and, and you know, let's let's be honest. I think COVID was a just really good example of how life is just how it's always going to be producing, right, and developing. What do I mean by that is you're going to pivot and you always have to pivot, right? And mm-hmm. the thing is with business and entrepreneurs and, and even people that are employees, you start realizing, okay, tomorrow you can lose your job. And I yeah. think that became very, very realistic for a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, business owners and employees. And I think that was really good because it was a slap in the face realizing that this isn't always going to be like this and you have to always have have a side hustle. You always have to have another plan B. And one of the things that I teach a lot is leveraging systems and processes to make sure you implement something that's substantial, right? Uh, you know, making an extra 100, 200 bucks, honestly, in today's world, isn't that much money. Now, yes, it's it's, some, it's it's a lot of money, but at the end of the day, to really make a substantial income, you, you have to be pushing almost four, five, six, seven, 10, 12, 13, 15, $20,000 a month oh, to say, great. okay, well, 
I'm really, really pushing forward because if you think about it, you know, uh, you, you make it, it, it. One of the things I always tell people is it's not just a matter of the m- more amount of money. There's only two things you can control. One, expenses, lower your expenses, or mm-hmm. two, increase your increase your revenue. Now, one right. of the things that I always see is a lot of people don't want to what? decrease their expenses. They want the same living standard. But mm-hmm. what's interesting is that they're not willing to uh, to, to Give compensate for both of those. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that's what I do is I come in and say, okay, you know what? I've been there. I've done that. I know exactly what works, what doesn't work. And I still, what, what's so beautiful is once you establish these certain skills, right? Marketing skills, sales skills, high ticket stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Then they, they're, they're intangibles, right? Where you can obviously develop and dial these things in. And so that's what I do is I teach people how to basically do that. I have systems and processes uh, run from an ad to a sales funnel to the back end stuff. And, and one of the things I always realize is that a lot of people struggle, right? They don't know where to go. They don't know how to, and like you said, overwhelm, right? They get mm-hmm. overwhelmed, therefore causes stagnation and they don't move. And one of the things that I'm really good at is, you know what, how do we, how do we focus on the, the the high productive and producing activities, right? Things that are actually produce the best uh, result on the back end. And so that's really what it comes down to. And and that's what I teach and educate. But it's a lot of self-improvement because it's not just a matter of, oh, here, you know, DJ, here, here's here's $10,000, right? It's about, okay, how, what do I do with the $10,000 once I get it as well on the back end? Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I mean, to me, that's one, like you said, it, when you are trying to balance the book, in your life and you're trying to figure out what do we really need and what do we need to get rid of and how do we um because one thing i think people do believe in and what they sometimes make the mistake of is when they're thinking about how do i increase my income they think about doing more work adding more hours to their work day uh basically becoming more tired <laughs> you know but i think it's great when someone can come in and say okay well this is a better way of handling your money, um, things that we really don't need or a better way or more suitable ways of spending money. And also finding a way to say, okay, well, you know, this can add additional uh, income without you necessarily increasing more workload on yourself. So I think that's um, is pretty much that's how it should be. But that's not the first thing people think about when they start trying to balance that out. Yeah, definitely. And what I find so interesting is like, you know, I, you know, I get a lot of individuals like my, my podcast is focused on individuals that are like in mid tier, right? They're not beginners. They're, they're making it, you know, have a six figure, maybe a high six figure business and they want to scale up to seven figures and beyond. Right. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing that I always find is just like you were saying is they know how to make money, but what do I do with it? Right. You'll be amazed at how many people make 30, 40,000 and then they spend 50,000 a month. Right. And it's right. just remarkable. And one of the things is, is you have to build systems, exactly what you're saying, build systems. So it automates these things for you, right? Not every entrepreneur is really good at saving. Not every entrepreneur is really good at paying bills, right? And that's okay. Find a bookkeeper. And the thing is, is yeah, it may cost money on the front end, but it's okay because on the long t- long haul, you're not good at that. And then what it does is alleviates you from having to worry and focus on that. See, and again, we, we always talk about delegation, but so mm. many people always think of just basic delegation, like elementary, I always like to call, you know, oh, Go mow your yard. Oh, I don't have to. I'm, I'm delegating that responsibility. Okay, that's elementary, right? Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you say, okay, well, 
there's an intermediate level where it's okay. How do I delegate larger responsibilities? Okay. I have a chief marketing officer. I have a CEO. I have a COO, an operations officer, right? I have an HR department, right? Someone that's in control of those. So then I don't have to be in those situations. But like I said, at the beginning, it's always about creating cash flow and increasing that cash flow. So if you don't have a way of creating cash flow, like that's the number one return on investment of your time. Mm-hmm. You need to be focusing on definitely if you're if you're below six figures or even mid six figures, you need to be focusing on okay, how do I create consistent cash flow in my business? And a lot of times, what I found is one is referrals, right? A lot of people have a very successful business just from referrals, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. two, you need to have ads, automate it, figure out how to leverage those platforms, and then bring a sales funnel in. So now all of a sudden, hey, I put a dollar in. I get four or five dollars in the back end, right? It's consistency. Now, does it happen overnight? No, of course not, right? But it's 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 failing forward and moving forward. Now, of course, we've already been able to do that and develop that. And so we can obviously kind of expedite that process for you. And then on the back end, once you actually create those resources, okay, now what do I do? And one of the things I always tell people is like, hey, with this money, with the resource that we, we produce and help you create, we take that, let's eradicate the crap out of that debt. Okay, destroy it, done, forever, right? Because all of a sudden, what happens to you? All of a sudden, guess what? Um, Your life gets a little bit easier. Now, all of a sudden, you take that money and you shove it into what? Your savings account. Have Mm -hmm. 40, 50, 60, $80,000 sitting there. What would, and I want you to understand, men, you have an 60, 70, 80,000, $100,000 sitting there. You would literally have more sex with your wife. Guarantee it, 100%. And I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not being funny that's as well. A, that's I'm, a good uh, incentive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you because it, for some reason, it makes the women just feel more comfortable. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. And all of a sudden, once that happens, well, guess what? And all of a sudden, you're like, man, she's up on me all the time. What's going on, right? And, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I want to share that because it, it is very, very um very direct, and you'll you'll, you'll be amazed. Yeah, but that's yeah, the man. whole point. I think, I think that uh, you know, so the, it's, it's like two books that come to mind. I think when you when you're talking about the book that I read some years ago called "Rich Dad, Poor Dad," and you know, it sold over a million copies. Everybody's read it, and he talked about those quadrants. And I think that's you know, definitely um, when you start talking about that, uh, it, that came to mind. And even the 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 sexual transmutation. That was a great book that I read. Some years ago that was written by um uh i can't remember the, i thought of my name um napoleon hill and it was a really good uh, things, uh think and grow rich and he talked about you know about how you know our drive and our mission and think about what we put it in front of our, our minds it will give us the drive to push forward you know, because sometimes, you know, we think about the opposite sex or, you know, if you're into the same sex or whatever your partner or your spouse is, um, you know, making them happy or trying to say, hey, you know, hey, I got this money. Over, I got this nice car over here. I got this really good business. <laughs> you might want to come along with me. It's a really good incentive. So what made you um, want, to, want to enter this type of work? Yeah, one of the things is is that you know I I, I struggle a lot a lot of my time and energy on on, on all sorts of stuff, right? You know, trying mm-hmm. to figure this out. How how do you do this? How do you figure this out? How do you really develop it? One of the things is is you know I, I realized very 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 quickly it was it's about simplification, right? A lot mm-hmm. of marketers, right? They always focus on the low ticket stuff and then develop a you know value ladder and then have something really high ticket, blah blah blah, and that whole process. Well, one of the things I always want to share people is that sometimes you know you have to be an incredible marketer, and some of us we just we're, we're just not, and that's okay. So that's one of the reasons why I focused on higher ticket stuff because there's a little bit better room for margin, 
right? Mm. Um, and so what do I mean by this? Well, we either have a service or you have a product or you have something that has a higher margin. So let's say, for example, you know, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, um, on Amazon, for example, if you do an e-commerce, you focus on low ticket stuff that only has three or four cents or maybe, you know, a dollar or two dollars. Well, you have to do a lot of volume to make substantial income, right, to do seven figures. Uh, and so what I always look at is, well, imagine if you have something larger volume where you have a two thousand, three thousand dollar spread. Well, now all of a sudden you don't have to do as many to get to that six figure uh, a month uh, kind of business, you know, to a seven figure business. And so what I did was I remember when I was working in Facebook. Uh, working with Facebook there, uh, numerous times when I was building this out, I had a system and a process. And then what happened was Facebook kept deactivating our account. Nothing that we were doing, they just kept deactivating it. And it was really quite frustrating because we had system, we had calls yeah. coming in, we had things going. And all of a sudden, what happened the next day? All of a sudden, deactivate. So we don't have any cash flow coming in. And at that point, well, we needed that to constantly keep going because if we didn't have that money coming in, we couldn't pay, you know what I mean? Like that's where we were at. And so um, now obviously, obviously for the last few years, we've been focusing a lot of our time and energy on YouTube just because they, they have a better relationship, they have better customer service. And, you know, again, that's capitalism, right? If, if Facebook doesn't want us, cool, I don't care. I'd rather spend it with you, you know, YouTube. Uh, but my point is, is I remember numerous times when I would run a Facebook ad and it was bringing in low quality people. A ton of people were calling in, but nobody was qualified. They didn't have the money. They were just looking for like a little hundred bucks, 200 bucks. We're looking for entrepreneurs, business people. That's when all of a sudden the game changed when we started leveraging YouTube. YouTube, you have higher caliber people. They're more ambitious. They're more motivated, and they have um, they have resources that they can use to be able to really, you know, grow their business mm -hmm. at a very, very exponential mm -hmm. level. And, so the reason um, why you so when you started saying, okay, I really want to help business to grow their revenue, and I really want to help them do that in terms of their marketing plans, their uh, also their uh, how they handle the you know, sales, uh, how they create a product, how they automate uh, ads. So what made you want to do that type of work to help support businesses? Yeah, very. So really what, what that looks like is really, I see a lot of people that just struggle with it. And I see that, okay, a lot of entrepreneurs, there's a ton of marketing. In fact, I'm working with a, a, a political marketing um, a campaign actually here in Ohio. He's running for governor, really cool. I'm working with him just pro bono. But the, what I'm realizing is that a lot of people get taken advantage of, whether it's politicians, whether it's other business owners. And the thing is that they have no... They have no financial gain. And what do I mean by this is, well, guess what? You you know, uh, David, I'll come to you. Hey, I charge you 20,000 bucks and that's on a retainer for next three three months, okay? Well, it doesn't matter if you make money or not, you're gonna pay me 20,000 bucks. Why? Because you don't know how to do the marketing. Well, what I realized is, well, hey, what if I go ahead and lower the cost on the front end? And then I say, hey, what if I take a portion of the profits that we help you generate? Now all of a sudden I've got skin in the game, right? And they're okay with that because guess what? Now all of a sudden, hey, you got skin in the game. I got skin in the game. I want to succeed. And wonderful. Now, all of a sudden, I actually generate more revenue on the back end. And the reason why is just because just how our systems work, because we know what we're doing on the front end. Right. And so, again, to answer your question, like what I enjoy looking at is like, OK, seeing someone simplify their process. And so when I look at this is is the impact, right? You mm -hmm. help one business owner, one leader, well, all of a sudden you've just influenced hundreds upon thousands upon millions of people, right? You, mm -hmm. you see, that's, that's what you have to understand. Imagine Jeff Bezos quitting. Could you, I mean, just imagine that. What, mm -hmm. what would happen, right? How many people has he impacted? And so you have to understand Jeff Bezos, there were a lot of investors 
that invested into Jeff Bezos, that believed in Jeff Bezos yeah. and Amazon. And of course, he was able to produce and develop those kind of results. And so I want people to understand that's the way I look at myself in the in the, in the respect to, hey, I may inf- uh, affect a Jeff Bezos. I may affect a new Elon Musk or something, right? And, and to help their business grow exponentially at that level that could mm-hmm. impact millions upon millions of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's so, just the reason, how, so the reason why, so I get from that answer is the reason why you wanted to start because you wanted to make an impact on people's lives. Uh, and I mean, I would love to be like, you know, to be Jeff Bezos, maybe not, maybe, maybe a couple of those billions I, I like to have someday, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even a, a percentage of that would be great, you know? So wanting to make that kind of impact in, in, in business and he's helped millions of small businesses and large businesses, you know, mid-sized businesses as well, uh, make millions of dollars. And that's the kind of impact that you want to make as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And I know that it's mm-hmm. very possible and we're seeing it all the time. So, yes. Yeah. So that's that's amazing, man. I really, really, uh, I really, I mean, I mean, every business owner, I think at some point, once you, you sort of made your millions and you've gotten to a certain level of success, you say, I sort of figured this thing out. Now I want to start helping other businesses do the same thing. And we'll get more into how you help businesses as we get further into the conversation. But I started um, in the bio. I was talking about, you know, your childhood. And, and I think people can relate to um, to divorce, child uh, with, with childhood divorce. I'm actually taking a class now, learning about how families deal with uh, with uh, trauma, drama and those things. So one thing that I'm trying to connect the dots in terms of your journey, sometimes we make decisions about how I want to sort of what I want to do in life when I grow up, sort of their experiences in your childhood. How did those experiences in your childhood sort of gravitate and made you to get you to this journey of, okay, I want to do A, B, C and D. So I'm trying to connect those dots in terms of how do we get from A to point B? Yeah, one of the things I I really enjoyed about, you know, uh, you know, to, to take divorce, it is a very devastating situation, right? To have some, a marriage that was there for 26 years and and all of a sudden dissipate into nothing, right? All of a sudden I get, mm-hmm. you know, responses from my mom and my dad and, and you know, you get like, you know, back and forth. Now, ever since then, they've been able to kind of, you know, uh, live, you know, okay, right, together in, in respect to obviously some of the holiday season and stuff. But one of the things that, that I've learned is, you know, I, I saw my mom struggling. She went on government government subsidies and she lost mm-hmm. the house. She went bankrupt. Uh, she was working two jobs. She was subbing during the day and she had, you know, working at Walmart at night. And one of the things that I, I learned the most from her during that time was just, I mean, just tenacity at a very high level. She had to go on government subsidies. But what was so beautiful is that, you know, a few years later, she was able to work and work and work and get off that government subsidies. And I remember mm-hmm. when she she got the little letter that said, you're no longer on government subsidies. She, she burnt that sucker. She was just burning wow. it. And we actually had a whole ceremony because she was so excited because <laughs> wow. she was able to alleviate. And I just remember that because what that taught me, if you know anything about like my my political beliefs, that's one of the reasons why I believe the way I believe is because mm-hmm. my mom taught me that. Same thing with my dad. I remember, you know, 
my dad, we, he moved out of, uh, out of, um, you know, the, the house, the main house, we had to move into one of his apartments. And I remember there was this uh, sticky glue. When you take a tile up that nasty black glue, mm-hmm. uh, it was the tile. It was the flooring for about two or three years uh, because he didn't have the money. All the money was, he had some real estate and all the money was just being flooded all sorts of different directions. But what was astounding to me is, you know, and what, what, you know, I just respect him tremendously is that he went through that. He never went on government subsidies, but he kept fighting, he kept fighting, he kept fighting, he kept doing what he needed to do to keep pushing forward. And, and, you know, again, what we learned from that also is that, you know, I remember numerous times when, you know, we didn't have much, we really didn't, we had a lot of mm-hmm. stuff, you know, during, you know, the 26 years, but we didn't have a lot later on. And, Though we, we enjoyed it. I remember when, when we moved into my dad's, you know, new place or whatever with the with the the, the sticky, gluey, you know, flooring. And, and how old were uh, you I, when your parents divorced? Um, I was about 15, 15 okay, years old, 15. actually, about 14, 15, somewhere around there. And so one of the things is I remember, you know, uh, we would we would camp out. Uh, in the main the main living room, we didn't have any bedding and stuff like that. We would just camp out with some camping gear, but we had a blast. And so one of the things that it taught me is just, you know, again, this is where I come in with like living below my means. Yes, you know, uh, do, do you want to have a Ferrari? Yes, of course, you definitely can. Do you want to mm-hmm. have a nice a million dollar boat? Of course, yes, you certainly can. But what I want a lot of business owners, people understand portion of their wealth when you start looking at it in retrospect everything that they own and everything that they have and again that's what i want people to understand so many individuals they make a hundred thousand but they almost live like a three hundred thousand dollar earner well you can't yeah. do that right now mm-hmm. a lot of individuals you think you think about you know even elon musk and warren buffett are perfect examples now jeff bezos uh, excuse me bill gates he's a perfect example as well right according to all of his wealth he only owns like two or three or four maybe you know some some real estate but he also owns a lot of farmland but mm-hmm. again he's got billions of dollars but my point is behind it is you look at elon musk he got rid of all of his houses millions upon millions he's mm-hmm. worth 300 billion dollars but he could buy any house in the world but he doesn't why because guess what he's that, that's part of it is mainly focus and energy and, and and what he wants you know he doesn't want distractions which i mm-hmm. respect in that regard but one of the things is i just want to the, the point still stands if you want to have a ferrari if you want to have that stuff Again, coming back to the book that you always read, find a liability. Find a liability that you want. Okay, I want a plane, I want a uh, want a house, I want a car, you know, Ferrari. Okay, find an asset that pays for that liability. Period. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, now what happens? Well, shoot, now I'm able to really enjoy these liabilities because guess what? I'm not paying for them. So an asset is paying for them. And it's mm-hmm. it's very simple once you really get down to it. But mm-hmm. so many people, one of the things I always notice with people is you want to be wealthy tomorrow, right? You actually want to be wealthy yesterday, right? And, <laughs> right. But, right. But once you understand that it's not going to happen, the same thing with, hey, you understand I'm not going to get a six pack tomorrow. And if you understand that basic concept and you understand, hey, it's it's the long play. Mm -hmm. And the sad truth is the people that are listening to this already know these things. Mm -hmm. You already know them. The people that are not listening to this. A lot of times we're not thinking about the long term, but I I want it right now, now, now. It's like credit card microwave mentality. Correct. Correct. Uh Uh-huh. And we're going to do whatever it takes to keep facilitating that to make sure we look good. Right. And and that's really what it comes down to. But that's kind of what I learned. Like the Joneses. (laughs) You have to get away from that kind of mentality of of, of wanting. But what it sounds like to me, what what sort of inspired you, well, what the lesson that you learned watching your parents uh, sort of, you know, uh, divorce and then you saw your mother 
her lifestyle had to seriously change in order for her to compensate with her new lifestyle changes. And in the lessons of that, you learn, okay, we don't need as much, you know, it's not as comfortable, you know, but as you saw that you don't need as much in order to survive, you know, and, you know, I don't know if you didn't talk about your, your level of happiness, but maybe, but I did kind of get from your story that your father, you know, visiting him, um, are you know, the joy that you received when you, your mother, uh, burnt that, uh, that letter up, uh, that there still was joy in your life, even though you didn't have a whole lot of things. So some of those lessons you are learning at that age of 15, when your parents are divorcing and you're sort of saying, oh, OK, I'm, I'm sort of figuring out what I really need and what I don't need. And if I want things that are bigger, then how do I do that? So I guess you are sort of formulating this understanding as you are watching these things unfold. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And, and mm -hmm. you know, again, it comes down to self-esteem, right? Identity, right? Understanding, okay, hey, I know who I am. I know what I do. And once you understand that when you have nothing, then all of a sudden you have higher self-esteem because it's like, I don't need all this other stuff to make me feel like I'm important. I don't need a PhD. I don't need a master's degree. I don't need, right? All that stuff. You'll be amazed. Uh, you know, and if you think this, this is not true, ask this uh, to, to some random person. Hey, what do you do? Mm. Not what do you do for a living? Just what do you do? And then they'll start saying, oh, I'm a doctor. I'm a PhD. I'm a theology. I'm, I'm all this stuff. No, no, no. I didn't ask you, what do you do for a living? I said, what do you do? Like, what, what do you do for fun? What do you do? You know, what, you know, how do you, and the point is, is that we, our self-esteem, our identity is, oh, my stuff, my, my, my accomplishments, my whatever. Mm. Right. And that's mm -hmm. okay. But once you understand that, it's like, well, shoot, we're, we're so shallow in that regard and coming back down to like what you're saying, it's that self-esteem that really what it, what it came down to. And mm -hmm. once you have that self-esteem, that self high self-image, I, you know, I, I don't, I got it. I'm I got Christian it. Evans. Does that make sense? I got it. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. So for you, I think the lesson what I'm getting is, is that you was, you really was in search of self-esteem and I did also mention in the bio that, you know, you, you went through a phase of, of getting six felonies and also, so did, you, did that have to do with trying to discover that self-esteem? Was that, was that a part of that? Well, I was prosecuted for uh, six felonies. I, I stole people's in information, uh, and that, that that was something I had embraced, and uh, that was not something that was you know I, I'm, I'm proud of. It's just part of my story. Uh, mm -hmm. However, the one of the things that I've learned through that is, of course, you know, lying, cheating, stealing. Right? Don't do that. Right? And it's simple mm -hmm. for a lot of people because they have that. But one of the things that I, I learned about myself is that you know I, I thought that's what it took to be successful. Right? At, earlier mm -hmm. on in my life, that's that's mm -hmm. what I thought it took. And again, coming down to what you're saying, that was my identity. I thought in order uh, to be successful, in order got to be it. achieved, in order to do this, I had to do this, right? And that's mm. when I realized, and also I justified it almost. I said, oh, well, Elon Musk probably does it. Bill Gates probably does it. Jeff Bezos does it. And you've heard, right, numerous times, right, I think a good quote from the McDonald's, McDonald's Ray Kroc owner, he says, you know, if you're drowning, I'm going to put a, a fire hose in your mouth and make you drown, right? Because it's it's competition. It's it's entrepreneurship, right? That's, that's just business, right? Mm -hmm. um, however, though, what I realized is that there's a right way and a wrong way naturally, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, entrepreneurship, you always have to kind of, you know, bend the boundaries a little bit, kind of go mm -hmm. think outside the box. And mm -hmm. we think about that. Um, however, though, you can do that ethically, right? Without lying, cheating and stealing. And so mm -hmm. that, that's mm -hmm. kind of what I learned from that. And as well yeah. as what I learned is implementing systems. So you're not in that situation. I really want people to understand this because this comes down to not just temptations in life, but also in, in your own, in your own, like, 
systematic processes. And what, what do I mean by this? Well, many of us, we understand that maybe, hey, you're not, not consistent for whatever reason, okay? Maybe consistent going to work out or whatever. Well, how can you build a system around that to make sure that that is staying consistent? So for example, one of the things I know is when we were building our business, I was not consistent trying to find leads all the time. So what did I do? Well, I leveraged advertisement that would do it for me, right? Automate that. So now I don't have to keep following leads. Leads are just coming in. I can take the phone calls. And definitely when I was on the, uh, at the beginning, I was, you know, taking phone calls and stuff like that. My point is, is now all of a sudden I knew my weakness was, oh, I'm not good at finding leads all the time consistently. So what am I doing? I'm going to automate that process. I can take my, my strength is taking phone calls, doing these, doing these podcasts, whatever. Same thing with, hey, I've got an executive assistant that reaches out to these podcasters. She mm-hmm. does that. I show up. Boom. It's on my calendar. I'm good at that. I'm not good at consistently having to, oh, you know, what, what day works for you? What day works for you? So my point is, is in this, um, you know, um, you know, this, this felony situation, right, that allowed me to realize very quickly, okay, hey, I'm tempted to leverage other people's information when I have it in my hands. So what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? I delegate that responsibility to totally someone that is more honorable, more whatever. So I don't even get myself in that situation. Right? <laughs> I remove myself from that situation. <laughs> and I'm totally st- like, I don't even look at it anymore. I, I feel you on that one. You right. Know. And so, 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 so the lesson, so, I mean, the, the, the lesson for you, you know, of course, we can always delegate things and, and give the, 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 uh, the work to somebody else to do. But ultimately, you learned the lesson of, of, you know, that is not the right way of doing things. And even if I had to go back to somehow doing those, uh, doing that, uh, reaching out or doing all that work that you're now delegating out, you still wouldn't do it because you got the lesson that comes along with it. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes yeah. down to, because, see, you have to be radical and you have to be, you know, uh, very intentional with these decisions and making sure, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm not even just just totally eradicate it from yourself. Right. If you lie, mm-hmm. cheat and steal, if you if you're addicted to, you know, pornography or something like th- that, I was. Yeah. Hey, totally thing. Eradicate how, how, how do you get beyond that? I mean, I'm just trying to to get from. So how do you move? You know, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm just trying to figure out. How do you grow from that? You know, what was your rock bottom where you just knew that, okay, I've hit rock bottom and I need to make some changes in my life. What was that rock bottom for you? Yeah, I remember when my my wife and I, uh, she, she found out uh, during a Christmas time and we would try to, you know, ascertain it and and figure it out. And I said, I kept promising, I'm, I'm fixing this, I'm fixing this. And then, you know, I, I fell and numerous times I, I would, you know, go back to doing it and whatever. And and then, um, you know, one time my, my wife was sitting on the couch and she looked at me and said, Christian, I, I don't want to have kids with you if you keep doing mm. this. And that me full speed ahead because, you know, I've always been one of those people. I want to have kids. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I realized now that that was at that point when I said, there's got to be something different. There's got to be a change. And one of the things I want people to understand is that I'm a faith-based kind of guy. God really helped me throughout the whole yeah, process. That's amazing. Diving in. Yeah. Diving into a lot of, you know, um, and, and again, it's, it's not just, uh, it, it, you know, all of a sudden, boom, I'm, I'm done. No, it was, mm. it was still a struggle. But then what I started realizing and this, and again, I want people to understand this, See, what helped me realize this is everything that you do, 
against someone else, your, your neighbor, your friend, you're doing it unto a God. You, you, you know, if you lie, cheat and steal, you're lying, cheat and steal from God. If you, if you, if you look at someone lustfully, you're looking, you know, it's the same concept and you're doing it against God. And then all yeah. of a sudden it really yeah. creates realization because it's like, Oh shoot. Plus one of the things I want to share people. And, and this, this helped me. If you ever look at, you know, another woman or pornography, just think about your grandma and you're like, wait a minute, I don't want that, you know, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, you know, if, if you look at her that way, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I love my grandma. I can't think about her like that. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Why mm -hmm. do you do that? Well, because it works. Right. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it just gives you a different perspective and allows you to say, you know what, I don't need this anymore. And, and I love God and I love this relationship and I love this wife and I love this whatever much mm -hmm. more than pornography and all this addiction, all this. It's you know, what you found was what's more important to you. Your, you know, having children with your wife was more important to you than the porn was worth more than the lying and cheating. So you really looked at what was more important to me. Correct. Correct. Uh -huh. and, and one of the things is, is, you know, again, coming back down to identity, you know, you start realizing that even though, you know, you, you, you know, I, I lied, cheat and steal and, you know, I, I lusted on other women. Right. The, the re reality is that God loves you regardless. Right. And he, he yeah. clothes you with his righteousness and says, hey, you know, it's OK. I forgive you. And, you, you know, just now it doesn't mean that you keep doing it. Right. It allows right. you to say, OK, you know what? I repent. And I move forward. And again, not to get all you know biblical and everything, but I just want to share it. That's part of my story. No, and man, I, down I, to, I feel you. I, I definitely definitely agree with you 100 percent yes you have to have believe in something larger than yourself to get beyond some of these things yes definitely and and one of the things i i really want to emphasize with people is you know i got so radical with with the way i thought and let me explain to you how, how radical it is see i always tell people even if you're looking at like movies for example that have a little bit of nudity or have a little bit of bed scene or something like that some people say oh that's okay no i'm telling you it is not you need to eradicate you need to be you need to be radical with it okay and mm -hmm. and the reason why is because see my, my my whole my whole emphasis in life is you, you have to choose to be uncommon nobody wants to be common nobody wants to be average nobody wants to be ordinary and i'll tell you this i'll go down in history and i hope many of you guys will will make this as as a as a as a stance in life that hey i choose not to be common i want to be uncommon i, I choose mm. to be different you and sometimes in order to be different mm. yeah and and that's the reality in order to do that though you have to do things that other people are not willing to do and you get that you understand that but you have to implement that and so like my wife and i every time we you know we 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 either watch, uh, you know, an animated movie, right? They have no nudity. They have no nothing, right? And the reason mm -hmm. why is because, guess what? It's not good for me. It's not good for a relationship, right? It's mm -hmm. not good. And it's just, it just isn't. And so uh, you yeah. have to be very yeah. radical with it. So how many kids do you have now? We do not actually have any kids. We're we're still uh, we're still trying, if you will, or whatever. We're still trying. You know, so. Okay, okay. Well, I can't wait to you know have some some little ones, you know, because hopefully now your, your missus is is willing to have children with you. Sound like she's willing now. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so so um so obviously you got beyond um those different uh issues in your life and you get you hit rock bottom at some point and obviously your rock bottom. I was you know I don't know it was in prison or he wasn't he wasn't you say he was prosecuted but you didn't actually go to prison I don't know if that was correct the case. yeah I would uh, I was very fortunate in this regard so you know again I think God you know warning shots right uh, he was able to protect me in regarding uh, not not prison right but it was a diversion process I had to do 100 hours of community service and walk through that process because it was not a um, 
a, a physical crime. It was just a, kind of a white collar crime, if you will. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. though, of course, I still had to get my, you know, go through that process. And then obviously went through that diversion, expunge that. Uh, and that was just part of that process. But, you know, again, coming back. For you? Was that embarrassing for you, you know, to go through that? Well, it definitely is. You know, that's one of the one of the key aspects of, of life. Right. And what I always want people to understand is it all starts with humility. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when you're when you're humbled, all of a sudden God humbles you very quickly and you start realizing that I'm not as good as I used to or, or, or I think I was. Right. Or, okay, or, or, or I think I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you humble yourself and then all of a sudden you start working on your identity, who you really are. What, what you know, mm -hmm. what does Christian stand for? How do I want to go down a legacy? How do I want people to know who I am and what I stand for? And just that's one of the reasons why, you know, I. I for, for the crap that I've gone through, it allows me to build enough character, right? And now I'm able to what? I can relate to other people because other people yeah. have struggled with whatever it may be. Exactly. And now I can say, hey, I understand. It's not that I'm I'm this white, white, you know, guy on, on this white horse saying, oh yeah, you know, bad you, bad you. And no, I'm, I've been there. I'm done that. I, I understand exactly. it sucks. But then allows you to build that character and say, hey, you know what? I want to I want to have people, you know, like men. I, I want men to do what is right, not what feels right, right? Mm -hmm. Because in, mm -hmm. in pornography, oh, it feels good. It feels good. Yeah, I, you know, I feel good. And that's one of the reasons why I go against the doctrine today of be happy, be happy. No, no, it's about being the being, you know, true, being being correct, right? Being what is right, not what feels right, right? And mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that's one of the biggest attributes I want to tell, you know, tell people. And then as well as women, I I want women to be raised up as as making character-based decisions that actually follow through on, on, on not women of, of, of um, you know, not strong women, but women of strength. And there's a huge, massive difference behind I like we that. We can talk about that yeah. later, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. I like that quote right there. Instead of being a strong woman of strength, I like that. That was part one of my conversation with success and business coach Kristen D. Evans, founder of Elite Side Hustling. He's certainly overcome a lot of challenges and it's great that he's taken his knowledge and helping to build stronger businesses and helping them to become more successful. But join us this Wednesday for part two of my conversation with Kristen. If you have any questions or just want to drop me a comment, you can always reach out to me on my social media. Just check out the show description or email me dj at whatsupwithdj.com. Thank you for being a listener. Until Wednesday.